Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. I just tried to make the volume a little lower on the intro, and it completely dropped out. So sorry about that. I'm so happy that you're here with us at Last First Date Radio, we are a featured show about attracting and sustaining healthy relationships after 40. Every week I bring you in-depth interviews with top experts and cutting-edge authors in the field of dating and relationships. And today I'm going to be speaking with two people, relationship coach and podcast host Neil Satin and his partner Chloe Urban. And we're going to be talking about how to create deep intimacy, especially if you're affected by trauma, any kind of trauma, but especially sexual trauma. As a dating coach, I help women over 40 become more confident to finally have that healthy, lasting, loving relationship that they desire. So if you are a woman over 40 and you're listening today, please, 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 I beg you to stop listening to dating advice that tells you that you need to change in order to find the love that you're seeking. You need to become something that you're not. Um, many people say, oh, if you just lose 10 pounds and maybe you need to be smarter. I once had a guy say to me uh, that all the dating profiles say that women want men who are funny. They want to laugh with men. So he thought he had to go take a course uh, to become like a comedian or, you know, something to do with stand-up or improvisation. Um, so, yes, you don't have to go and, and, you know, study a joke book in order to be funny, but you want to bring out your own sense of funny. So, you know, please stop believing that love is going to come to you when you change yourself into something that you're not because actually love comes to those who bring out their most authentic selves um, and really unveil all the parts that have gotten in the way of you showing up in your most loving, compassionate way. And um, when you increase your own self-love and self-compassion and you can forgive yourself, you can open up your heart and be open to the love that you deserve and desire. Every week I bring you a tip on how to be a woman of value, and today's tip is to be firm about your standards. So if you value yourself, you know your standards, especially when it comes to relationships, and I don't care if it's a significant other or a family member or a friend or a coworker, you need to know how you want to be treated and be firm about it. Firm and loving, that's my motto. And so if you do want to become a woman of value who attracts her best partner, please go to my website, lastfirstdate.com, and you can sign up for my brand new free guide, which is the top 10 reasons why men pull away or disappear and how to finally attract and keep the love you deserve. Stop sabotaging your love life and start taking back your control by being a true woman of value. Also, you're invited to join my private Facebook group, Your Last First Date on Facebook. So just put that in the search bar and you should be able to find it. And the conversation there is positive, supportive, and juicy. You should see some of the things we're talking about there today. So head on over. Um, If you're a woman over 40, it's for women only. Sorry, men. Um, Maybe Neil and Chloe have an idea of where men can go for support. 
Um, and now I'm going to introduce you to our guests um, for episode number 239, How to Create Deep Intimacy, Especially if You're Affected by Trauma. Neil Satin is a relationship coach, and he's the host of the award-winning podcast called Relationship Alive. He has interviewed many of the top hearts and minds in the relationship world, and he synthesizes their wisdom to help you have amazing relationships. He and his partner, Chloe Urban, combine coaching, psychology, and healing work to help you overcome obstacles to connection and deep intimacy in your relationships. They have a book coming out to help couples who have been affected by sexual trauma deepen intimacy, and their course, Thriving Intimacy, is a seven-week course designed to teach you the relationship skills that you never learned in school. How many of us really ever have? Um, so welcome to the show, Neil and Chloe. So happy to have you here. Thanks so much. We're happy to be here with you. Great to be here with you. Thank you. So it's nice to have podcast hosts as guests, and I, I love being on the other side of the microphone as well. It's nice to sometimes be interviewed instead of being the host, right? Exactly. <laughs> so let's start with the topic that you chose, and what, what was it about this topic that, um, that is important to you? What made you choose this topic about creating intimacy after trauma? Yeah, well, it's a quite a passion of ours and has been a huge part of our own journey together as a couple and with our clients. And um, it's just such a pervasive, really, issue in this world. And so many people are affected by trauma in one way or another, and it can wreak havoc on how we do intimacy. And so we, through our own healing together and through our work with people have just come to find it kind of a fundamental piece. If, if trauma is there, it's something that really needs to be addressed if you want to be in a deep, committed, and fulfilling relationship. Yeah, another important mm. piece of it is that um, even if it's not like a, you know, in the, in the lingo, there's the big T trauma, which are the things that you would think of as like really big events that happen in your life. And then most of us, if not all of us, have little t traumas that happen in terms of how we come into who we are as sexual and sensual beings or what happens to us in relationship. So there's this there's big spectrum, a wide spectrum of, of what could be considered trauma, and all of it has the effect of potentially shutting us down. And, you know, at the very beginning of the show, you were talking about how important it is to bring your authentic self to your, your dating life and to your relationships. And so our, I guess our view is that the, um, the effects of trauma could be something that becomes an obstacle to you, mm. to being your authentic self. So it's, it's part of that uncovering so that you can bring more um, fullness of who you are into your connection and um, and that, of course, keeps things alive and dynamic for the long term. Mm-hmm. So can you give some examples of uh, a big T trauma and a little T trauma? Yeah, so a big T trauma would be something more obvious. So if someone were literally sexually assaulted or raped or molested, that would be more of a big T trauma. And 
sometimes those, you know, we have amnesia. So sometimes those things actually do become uncovered. In fact, that happened with me um, where I didn't quite know until I started becoming sexually active that I had had an episode when I was very young. Um, So those are more of the big T traumas that are sort of the obvious. And then the little T traumas are, could be really anything. Um, You know, it might be that you are becoming sexually active or you've been sexually active for years, but someone says something about um, the way your body looks, the way your body looks or how you are showing up sexually or really anything that would make you retract and, and feel like um, not safe or not loved or these things that we internalize that can really affect us for years to come. And so even the, the smaller things, we, they can really shape how we show up in intimate relationships. And so that's why we like to address both things because they, that small, smaller, quote unquote, smaller thing can have such a huge impact. And it, we really, it's the book and, and our work with people is really like un, undoing all of that so that we can show up and be present with our partners. Hmm. Yeah, and thank you for sharing that you went through this as well. And I do, I have seen evidence of people who who have had that kind of amnesia. They just block it out. Um, I know so many people who've had had deep trauma and from childhood Mm -hmm. on. And and I definitely had a little T trauma from the very first sexual encounter I had that – um, he was like my lifetime love from the time I was 16 until like 21. And mm-hmm. um, and so he was my everything. And then we finally slept together um, when I was about 21 years old. And it was so disappointing. And, um, and he, mm-hmm. you know, was fast. And, and he made me feel that there was something wrong with me. And I, I actually mm-hmm. went out to try and prove him wrong. <laughs> Um, but it, it sort of, it had sort of a backfire effect, you know, but I, I think, you know, just sometimes it's witnessing, um, inappropriate sexuality in our homes. Um, even if it doesn't happen to us directly, it can color how we appear, how we, how we behave with other people. So I think it's just important to really deal with all the obstacles that can get in the way of, um, as you say, Neil, you know, being authentic and, being our true selves and being able to let go and feel safe in a relationship. So, so let's talk about safety because that's a big one. Um, and mm-hmm. I know that, you know, especially for the women who I work with, it's so important for them to feel safe in order to totally open up and, and open up sexually in particular. So how do you create that kind of safety in a relationship? Hopefully safety is woven in to everything you do in your relationship. So whether it's how you communicate with your partner or how you um, have sex with your partner, um, you have this consciousness of like, is what I'm doing, is it making my partner more or less safe? Um, And I think that's a helpful question to just Mm -hmm. keep in the back of your mind as you, as you proceed. That being said, um, in the, the framework that we use when we work with couples, there are a few core elements that make up safety. Um, 
the very first one being developing the, your skills of being present and, and recognizing when you are in a trigger and, and being able to bring yourself back into um, being present there in the moment, even when you've been triggered. So that, that would be one. And that's not necessarily healing the triggers. Um, it's just that awareness and then bringing yourself back online when, um, when you've shut down. And that, that kind of thing happens all the time. Um, if you feel yourself getting really argumentative with your partner um, or if you feel yourself kind of retreating and shutting down, that's a, a representation of fight or flight. So if you're fighting with your partner or you're fleeing, then, then something has happened to put you into fight or flight and you are quote unquote triggered and you got to deal with it. Um, and then, so that's a fundamental skill. Then there are, there's the skill of bringing your presence to communication and, um, and communicating in a way that maintains safety, um, particularly around um, complaints or mm-hmm. things like that, um, requests that you're making of your partner. Um, and then, I mean, even there are ways to communicate your appreciation and your gratitude that fosters safety and connection versus um, not Mm-hmm. Um, and then, Chloe, do you want to chat about the container? Yeah, absolutely. And, and maybe the continuum, too. Just. Yeah. So the third piece here is something that we call the continuum and or, – or, sorry, the container. And um, then I'll speak about the continuum. But the container is really all about creating the safety in your relationship where you begin to close exits and seeing and looking at the relationship and where we might actually leak our energy out of the relationship. So that might be um, you might flirt with people or get a, or be online and be um, looking at people that you find attractive or even speaking with them, chatting, you know, that kind of exit, or it might be exits like just using Facebook a lot or watching TV, all the ways that bring, bring us and our energy um, away from the relationship instead of doing things that really support the relationship. So it's, it's really about creating that safety, knowing that you both are there committed to, um, to building a safe container, to building the relationship so that you know that you can be who you truly are together and um, where the energy just isn't leaking out in all these different places. So that is a, a huge mm. part of creating safety. Um, and lastly, just a quick piece on the continuum. Um, this is more of a sexual safety um, where we call it the continuum basically because we teach about sexuality and how it really is a continuum. It can be anything from holding hands when you're walking down the street where that feeds that kind of sensual and sexual energy with your partner to actually making love and how to really broaden um, sexuality in your relationship so you can feed feed that energy together all of the time, even if you're in the kitchen cooking together or you're out, um, you know, with friends and you're just making sure you're, you're connecting physically, holding hands or eye contact, whatever it is, just really feeding that continuum so that you feel um, sexually connected and intimately there together and committed to feeding that energy within the relationship instead of outside of the relationship. And one thing that's Mm. really important about the continuum is that it also includes 
the um, the freedom to say no. Yeah. So it's not it's not like um, kissing in the kitchen when you're making dinner is an invitation to having sex. Right. It's having this awareness with your partner so that because you're always on the continuum, you can be okay with where you're at. Sometimes taking sex off the table actually ends up creating even more closeness and and deepening your intimacy and and even leading to more sex. Um, But certainly it can help alleviate the imbalances that can happen in a relationship when one partner wants sex more than the other. Um, So if you're trapped in that dynamic, it can feel really unsafe. And if you you jump onto the continuum with your partner, um, then that enhances the safety and your ability to to be open with your partner in that way. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I love these. I think they're so important, each one of them. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I've been watching a TV show called Suits on um, Amazon Prime. I don't know if you have ever seen Mm -hmm. this. It's about lawyers. I've seen maybe a couple episodes. Yeah, well, there's a lot of relationships going on. I always love to see how television and, and movies depict relationships. And so many times you see the partners disagree and one person just gets up and walks out and closes the door and I'm like, talk about it. You know, it just drives right. me crazy. You know, so it's that yeah. stonewalling and, um, you know, disconnecting and calling each other names and all the things that disconnect us that are so divisive. And when you can be mindful like this, it just leads to greater depth um, and greater feeling of safety. Um, so let me ask you a question when you're first dating, cause this is, you're in a relationship already, but when you're first dating and one partner pushes for sex before the other one is ready, how would you suggest that the one who's not ready, uh, deal with it? Great question. It sounds familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I am one, I was one, you know, when Neil and I got together, really um, wanting to honor the time before we actually had sex together. And I was very clear about that and felt like it was a really important thing for me to feel safe, but also to just um, explore all the facets of what sexual connection can be when it's not all the way. And so I, I would be curious to hear from your perspective, Neil, what, like how that was received. I know for me, just for one thing, for my own self um, and for people we've worked with, it's, to me it's really important to come up with your own resolve, like even give yourself a number because you can get so wrapped up in the moment and just or in, in the pressure. And, and if you don't sort of have that resolve of like, okay, I'm going to wait two months or I'm going to wait however long you choose where to actually put that down in your mind and also speak it to your partner um, can be really helpful because even if you're wrapped up in the moment, you can come back to that commitment that you made to yourself. And I think that that is a, is a key component to this. But I'd be curious, Neil, how, um, how, it, how that was received and, and what would be a good way to, to approach that. Yeah, mm. one thing that was so helpful for me, and, and I think this is an important bit of advice, is while, um, while communicating the desire to wait or, you know, not feeling fully ready, um, 
that would be mixed with also talking about, well, like what, what's, what is required? Like, what would it be to be ready? Um, what do you, what do you need to know about each other? What do you, mm-hmm. what do you need to explore? What, what questions do you need to, to ask, you know, particularly sexual safety, you know, have you been tested? Things like that. Um, but also, um, I think speaking, um, to your desire. Mm-hmm. So there was something that was really powerful with, with you, Chloe, and, and, um, which is that you were able to hold, um, wanting to wait with also honoring how much you wanted me and right. how much you were attracted to me. And, uh, you know, I think that that's really important, especially in the early moments of connecting with someone else to recognize that, that, that dance is going on of like, well, does this person really like me mm-hmm. and, um, or are they rejecting me? So, so turning a, yeah, let's wait. Cause I really want to know you better. And on top of that, I'm so, I'm so attracted to you and, um, offering that, that kind of reassurance is, mm-hmm. is also okay. helpful, you know, where it's not a rejection. It's a, it's actually an honoring of, mm-hmm because I want to know you so well, you know, and I want our connection to be amazing. I want it to be informed by really knowing and trusting each other, not fueled by the fear of who is this person anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Those are both great, great perspectives to hear. And I, I know that, um, you know, for me, I've been in, in I've been on a, a first date where a guy has said, Hey, can we just slip into the bathroom and go make out? <laughs> like, um, mm-hmm. well, I just met you like half an hour ago. I'm not really ready for that. So, you know, I think that when somebody just gets very pushy about sex and the other partner's not ready, they need to, as you say, really know what they want. Um, what's their timeline look like? What are the qualifications? You know, the sexual safety and I, really advocate for getting tested as well and and having and sharing your test results um cuz that's that's really important so there's the emotional piece and there's the physical piece and mm-hmm. um and you're building a relationship but to also really let the person know that you are attracted and it's not that you're just saying no but that there's a um you know that that there is interest i think that it's very easy mm-hmm. to take a no as an insult instead of, oh, it's just a matter of time. Um, and I really right. want to honor and respect that. Um, it's very different right. how you communicate that. Yeah. Um, great. So let's talk about triggers because you mentioned that a little while ago about about how to deal with your triggers. And this is a big thing that comes up, and you mentioned that it comes up a lot. Um, so if you can just Tell us what triggers are from your perspective and how they affect relationships. Mm-hmm. Great question. So Neil touched on it before, but a trigger um, in, by our perspective or our definition would be um, when something occurs that triggers our body to go into flight, flight, fight or freeze, sorry, <laughs> Um, so that's really where the primal brain actually kicks into gear and says, I'm not safe, um, in whatever way that can look. And that can really hijack our system. And when our primal brain is activated, that's when like all 
like our entire frontal cortex is shut down and the, you know, our, our creative capacity in that part of our brain isn't even online anymore and we are just in survival mode. And that can happen, you know, as Neil said, in an argument or during sex or in any number of times during communication when you're just, you, your partner may say something in a tone of voice that reminds you of the way your father used to speak to you and all of a sudden you are just gone. And so, um, you know, this can look a, a, like a lot of different things in the body, like some of us freeze and we just shut down and we go quiet and we don't want to talk. Others might actually, like you said, in, in suits, <laughs> um, just leave the room and slam the door. And sometimes actually for if you are really triggered, it's important to say, actually, I really need to go reset and just give me 10 minutes and I'm actually going to leave the room and take care of myself, but I'm coming back. And that's where people um, – you know, we lose people. And that's where in TV shows, they don't show this part where it's so important (laughs) to honor and create that safety. Like, I'm actually going to go take care of myself, whether that's taking a run or resetting, there's all these different ways you can reset if your brain is hijacked. But, um, but I'm coming back and I want to, I want to resolve this and I want to work through it with you. So that's, you know, a a big piece of that. But do you want to chime in here, Neil? Um, no, that was a great okay, definition great. <laughs> of, of trigger and, and uh, yeah, well done. <laughs> yeah, no, I love, I love, you know, that just putting a, putting a pause in it and, you know, and I, I've also said even to my daughter when I've lost it, you know, where, where she's triggered something and I just say, I need to take a break right now because I don't want to say something I might regret. And so I just need to work this through um, and so it's, you know, it's saying I really value our relationship and I don't want to be reactive. Um, and I think that's right. super important. So how, um, how do you move past the triggers? So this is, this is how to deal with them in the moment, but what are some ways to move past them? So um, just to clarify, do you mean like how do you keep uh, something that triggers you from triggering you over and over again, or is that what you're asking? Yeah. Or? Yeah. How do you, mm-hmm. how do you really work through it so that you don't keep getting as triggered? Yeah. Well, that's where the healing work comes in. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if someone is, has been dealing with something really um, major in their life, then it's definitely a place where you would want to get help um, from a therapist or a coach. Um, and, the the first step is always developing your awareness of when, so really seeing when you're being triggered, um, that can be, even that can be challenging. Like if you tend to dissociate, for instance, um, then being able to notice that that's what ha- what's happening for you. And that's actually where partners can become so helpful for each other if they find gentle ways to acknowledge their own trigger or their partner's trigger. Um, that can help. Um, just shift the pattern that comes up around triggers. So sometimes healing it is actually um, in shifting your response to being triggered. That is healing because you're not perpetuating the cycle of what happens when you get triggered. Um, And then on top of that, there's, um, there's exploring the parts of you that, um, that actually were traumatized and learning ways to tend to those parts of you 
um, so that you're um, you're bringing the fragmented parts of yourself back back uh, back within, and and you learn how to show up for yourself in that way, mm-hmm. um, which is huge. And then there are ways that your partner can also learn to show up for you, to show up for those parts of you in a way that's compassionate and um, and preserves the safety. Um, and that's that's a huge thing um, because uh, your partner can can sometimes be triggered by your trigger. So now you have two people taking care of each other uh-huh. of themselves as well as each other in those moments. Mm. Was that helpful? I mean, we yeah. could do a whole yeah. um, two-hour <laughs> segment on like the healing part of triggers, but I think the big thing to to know is. Um, bringing your awareness to it, and then also um, recognizing that it's possible, that it's not something that where you've been damaged and you're you're done. Um, oh, I'm always going to have this trigger um, because the more empowered you get with the the micro steps, noticing you're triggered, handling the trigger, and then going into like what actually was it about that thing that triggered me, and how did that echo into my past? And doing that in a context of safety um, that evolves you past those things. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah, this is wonderful. I know I would love to talk about having you back to do a, a half an hour on healing um, from the triggers because um, it's such an important part of having healthy relationships. And this all is so grown up. And and boy, if everybody could deal with relationships in this in this very heart heart open-hearted way um, where we put our ego aside and, and really work on ourselves and in connecting with partners, what an amazing world we would have. <laughs> um, so yeah. thank you both so much for, for coming on the show today and sharing from this about this important topic of healing from trauma and connecting deeply and being intimate with your partner um, and creating safety. So um, if welcome. you can uh, just tell our audience where they can locate you, where they can find you, that would be great. Yeah, great. So our website that we have together is called thenewloveparadigm.com. And um, Neil also has a podcast called Relationship Alive, and you can just search in iTunes and you can find that, or you can go to relationshipalive.com or neilsatin.com. And and uh, if you're interested in finding out more about our work or the course that you mentioned, Sandy, um, people can you can also text the word intimacy to the number three three four 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 if you live in the states, and um, and we can send you some information about our course. It'll ask you for your email address, and then we can send that to you via email. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much. I'll put all this in the show notes. And um, thank you again for, for all the beautiful work that you both do and for being guests on my show today. Yes, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, our, our pleasure really to be here with you, Sandy. Thank you for the work you're doing. Yes. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening today. And I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>